I am Eva O, and this is the Teaking Podcast. I have been a dominatrix since 2011, and I would like to spill the tea on my life. Thank you for listening. Hello from Berlin. Another sofa, another robe. A very tired me. Oh, have I contributed to my Berlin stories this week. I have spent many, many interesting experiences here that I'm not really so sure where to start. Today, I am here for the Berlin Porn Film Film Festival, which my film by Ellen Pearson Um, The film that I was in called Grief Encounter is screening three times and it was really incredible to see it on screen yesterday. But for the first time, I felt quite nervous going up to speak with everybody doing the Q&A. I don't normally feel that nervous. Normally, I I guess I have um, maybe almost like a character that's ready to go and excited to share. But I think that I've, I've, maybe I'm just underslept. (laughs) I have had such a good time over the last week. I got in on Monday. I went almost immediately to Kit Kat, which is a very sexually open club here that's open on Monday. I left at 6 a.m. It was all very unexpected, but it kind of laid the path for me being awake until crazy hours. But I mean, this is just one of many possible ways of being here in Berlin. I think I first started coming here when I was 21, which was almost 20 years ago now. And has my experience changed much? It's interesting to think of myself back then. I think I'm just as curious and watchful. I don't think it's actually shifted that much in terms of how I interact with the world. Maybe there's a little bit more caution (laughs) now that I've gotten into enough trouble (laughs) to know what to watch out for a bit more. But it's still the playground of life. I don't think that changes that much. It's just that perhaps Berlin has always had a little bit more of a concentration of spaces that were ready to accept a little bit more width and depth to human interaction, sexually and otherwise, as well as enough of a security that I felt that I could travel here alone. I've traveled here pretty much alone every time since I first started coming when I was 21. Even that first time I came on my own. And back back then I was mostly concentrated on electronic music, club culture. I was out every single day at a different club on my own. And That was a lot of fun. Maybe I'll go into that some other time. But we're here to focus on the kink side of my evolution. And I would say that the first time that I properly interacted with that aspect of Berlin 
was when I came after I had been working for about a year and a half, two years perhaps, as a dominatrix. And I did a little bit of research before I came here. I hadn't understood that there were sex clubs, if you can believe it. I didn't really go to many sex parties or kink parties, even in Australia where I was working. I'd been maybe once during my career that at that point. And I, but I did understand that there were such things as dungeons and that there were such things as BDSM establishments, like the one that I was working in. And so I looked for that when I was doing research to come to Berlin when I was maybe 29 at this stage. And I found, (laughs) I found a place called Studio Avalon. And they're not open anymore. They closed just during and just after the pandemic. But I don't think, and I have friends from there now, including some I spent today with, but because I had a tea kink event today where I invited a bunch of doms and kink community members to have tea with me, a tea ceremony. But I digress. So I found this BDSM dungeon studio where a bunch of mistresses were working called Studio Avalon. And I, it looked to me like the best kitted out, the most variety of people and like a reputable place. And I looked at the site. I found somebody who maybe I won't disclose the name of that I thought looked really appealing to me. They had some military style, like really like buff kind of photos and then they had a mixture of like femme sort of like dress sort of it was like a real range and uh I was intrigued and I think I might have emailed to make a booking actually they didn't ask for a deposit or anything and so I had this in mind. I had it booked before I even got to Berlin. I think I was staying here for a month, maybe. And I went all the way out to this industrial area. I think like I took maybe a train or a bus there. (laughs) And you cut off at this place that had like a McDonald's on the side of a highway and you walked through this industrial estate And then you get to this sign that very openly says Studio Avalon, which is amazing. And you get to these, like, this just like really simple office looking kind of door. You press a buzzer and I went up the stairs. I think it was like a one flight of stairs. And I get to the door and the person that I had booked opens it and looks at me in total shock. And I quickly realized the shock is because, as they say, we've only ever had two women actually turn up for an appointment here, (laughs) which is amazing for me to uh, imagine because actually at Salon Kitties where I was working, I wouldn't say that they were the majority of clients, but women would come through the door and 
it was interesting to me that such an established place, such as Studio Avalon, didn't have more than two women in its entire history. I think that that was uh, information from one of the one of the owners <laughs> that was repeated to me. But anyway, this mistress looks at me in shock, takes me in to this waiting area and kind of has like a little briefing with me. It's this skinny little tiny area with this entire wall plastered with this wallpaper of the two owners and a bunch of like gimps and slaves, I think. And there's a shower on one end of the room and a, like a rickety locker. And the mistress like asks what I'm interested in. I think I said, I'm fairly open to most things. Uh, I just maybe don't want to play with blood or um, piss. And aside from that, let's just like utilize some safe words and let's see where we go. And that was that. And I think I had written that also. And I, I can't remember how much it was, maybe like 250 euro for an hour. And I hand over the money and I'm instructed to drop my clothes off and have a shower. And like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I had, I mean, it was quite recent in my career, right? Like in a year and a half, two years into my career, I had just started being able to travel again after stabilizing my income and I wanted to learn. I was very curious about my craft. I was very excited by my craft and I wanted to know how else it could be practiced. And there's also a part of me that enjoys being experientially hedonistic. And so why not? <laughs> Yeah, why not be led into a learning experience that also potentially would get me off? <laughs> and so I take a shower, I wear this robe, oh yeah, the robe, and, um, and the mistress returns and has a hood and a collar. And of course, I've now I've also had this problem a little bit, but like the collar's a little bit too big <laughs> because they haven't sized it for smaller bodies. <laughs> and the hood's a little bit too wide. <laughs> and it goes on. And this story is going to start getting fairly explicit. And uh, I get disrobed with, uh, and I can't see anything at this point. And there's a chain on the collar and they lead me out of the room and down this hallway. And now I realize that I'm probably in this getup because there are probably people watching other people on shift. <laughs> but nobody's going to recognize me because I had a hood on it anyway. Back then I didn't have any public profile. And but I mean, if they had any memories there would be less people who would remember. But anyway, I get taken down a hallway into a room that I can't see and I get placed on a round sort of low surface, like a bondage table, but a round one. And the mistress cuffs me and then pulls me back up and kind of like turns me around and puts me close onto their body. 
And I suddenly have this like breath that I take in. And that was the first time that I had ever smelled somebody's body odor because it was like so prominent and I was really into it. Normally that is such a thing that I really react poorly to, but I don't know what it was or whether it was our chemistry or whatever, but I was just totally switched into it. It was amazing. And then they pushed me back down onto this round surface. The cuffs are attached to, I guess, the sides of this surface. And I think that my legs are spread. And I'm not sure how explicit we can get on this podcast. But essentially, there are lots of things that go into me. I get teased for being so very horny. and receptive to the things that are happening. And it kind of goes on like this for quite a while. And I'm having a great time, clearly. And I am still completely in darkness. I have no idea what anything is looking like at this stage. And I get pulled up again from this round bondage bed thing and moved over. And the mistress asks me if it's okay if one of the headmistresses comes into the room to help with something. And I said, sure. (laughs) And at this point in time, I had a little bit of a fantasy about trans mistresses. And so my head immediately went to like a trans mistress coming in and... I don't know what I thought would be happening, that I would be forced to have sex with them forced <laughs> or whatever. Um, but, but this was, I think, what was running through my mind. I know what was running through my mind. And, but I get led onto another corner of this room, still in the hood, still in not knowing what anything around me looks like. Looks like. And I get... Like put on top of some sort of bench, like chest first, like just like hanging over this higher bench. And the mistress, the headmistress comes in and they're having a dialogue in English when clearly they both normally speak German. So this is for me to hear. And it is still continually about, wow, she can handle a lot, can't she? <laughs> and at this point, I'm just like totally blissed out, totally just living in this, like all my senses are just, my skin just feels so soft and alive to me. And I feel almost like the air around me is permeating into me with more ease, I think is the only way that I can describe it. Almost like when you feel like you're in the early stages of being in love, you know, just like this rush, this rush. And I start to hear this piston sound, you know, like the piston on a car, like the mechanics. starting to get like louder and I'm thinking like what the hell is that (laughs) 
And I next hear myself screaming because what is happening? But I am not processing this, but perhaps the largest dildo that has ever been present in my knowing is there within me is the most elegant way that I can say this. (laughs) And it is operated by the mechanics of car. (laughs) It sounds like in my, in my blind consciousness, And I have a safe word, but I am not calling it out, but I am screaming and I am happy. (laughs) I just hear myself screaming and they say again, wow, she can take a lot, can't she? (laughs) And it's over pretty quickly, actually, at this point. And (laughs) the pistons kind of like slow down. (laughs) and I hear the footsteps of the headmistress like going away and the hood is slowly lifted and I think that my head gets petted which is very very sweet nice touch and I think that she tells me I did a very good job because hell, I definitely did. And I'm just like, breath is sort of taken out of me. And now, because I know what the studio looks like after that experience, I understand that I was probably in the biggest room right at the back of the studio, which has like a cage and everything in it, um, like a huge one. And it's really beautiful, but I didn't see any of that. I just saw the, the round thing that I had been lying on and I could feel myself on this, bench and I kind of like shuffle off and I look behind me and it is like unbelievable it is unbelievable it is like the size of my forearm and I just don't understand how this is possible and there's like no blood and I'm like what just just what just happened I feel great but like what just what and they slowly take me and walk me out of the room. I'm given the robe to walk out of the room and I see the hallway for the first time and I get taken back into the room that I was initially in and I get told to like have a shower and get dressed and then we do a little debrief, which I completely don't remember. And I walk out of there I think I go to the McDonald's, (laughs) get a fillet of fish like I always do (laughs) with fries and probably get back on a bus or a train. I don't remember anymore, but it was so much fun. And did I learn anything about that that I could apply to my work? I mean, probably, but it was such an indulgent experience more than anything that I think I live it for me more than necessarily thinking about how I could apply it. Do I want to think about how it's been applied? No, I'm going to keep that memory for me. (laughs) 
Did I start this episode thinking I would tell you that story? No, I thought that I would tell you things about Berlin that I really like. Like that story where I was with the couple in the lab at um, at Bergheim uh, in the piss pit. I mean, that was in Berlin. What other wonderful things have happened here? Unfortunately, I got the only time I got roofied was here. It's not really kink related, though, but it's like quite a prominent experience for me. So there's a lot of things that have happened for me here. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I guess that's one of my standout memories. And I guess that this episode is going to be about that. <laughs> but that was an amazing time. Yeah, and since then, like, uh, the Avalon family uh, welcomed me. I, uh, I'm pretty sure they don't know that that is an experience. That was my first experience with them. But since then, they've rented me their huge facilities. They've let me have parties and their overnight residences and I've held people in their prison cells over days. I've, yeah, I've had like ponies, human ponies ride me around the yard in their property. So yeah, maybe I should share it sometime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that episode really just got overtaken. I could have told you more like, the time when I was the face of the German fetish ball, which is still outstanding to me. The German fetish ball is this, like one of the most prominent conventions for the fetish community in the world where a bunch of people gather once a year, usually in May from around the world. And there's like a whole week of events and a convention floor and fashion shows and parties and the international kink community just raising the dead and <laughs> but yeah there's there's been so many moments here that I'm so grateful for I've had such a good time and I've had such a good week this week I mean the Berlin Porn Film Festival my the screenings of the film I'm in are all sold out. I can't even get my, my friends plus ones into them. Like it's, fe it's feeling like a great week. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know whether I, I want to go into it too much, but um, I will sort of hint at that. I got to play on a personal level this week also, which I haven't done for in this way in a while. Like I play on a personal level at parties for like uh, reasons of extroversion and exhibitionism and community, but I haven't played in a private space that hasn't been a workspace for a really long time, I realized this week because it happened. And it's been very interesting to observe in myself I don't want to go into detail because I feel like it's something I'm still processing and it's also something between me and this person, but I will go into the headspace that I'm processing right now a little bit because it's very interesting to me, actually. And it was like, with my work, I've become so... Maybe I'm very good at compartmentalizing also, and that's kind of kept my work uh, brain 
fresh and able to move forward and to grow and cultivate work relationships. And it's worked really well. But I don't center myself in it the same way that I saw myself centering myself. It's a lot of time saying myself this last week. And it's really refreshing for me to feel that. And I'm really glad that I'm feeling that. And a part of me wonders if I've done that before. Because maybe the last time, this is amazing to say out loud, but I think the last time that I played just like one-on-one with someone, not in a group setting, not at a party, played like in private on a personal level without the concept of it being a show, you know, to be something that needed to be received positively. So like really centering myself. I don't know if I've done that as well as I feel like I've maneuvered it or navigated it this week. And I guess that's a product of a lot of years of experience, but also a product of having such a heavy work lens on my kink life that I think I've been slowly trying to undo. Yeah. Over the last maybe year or so. And maybe it's at a point where that vulnerability and that centering is working. Yeah. I've been talking about this privately actually with my friends for a little bit. Like how does our, How does our work kink life feed our personal kink lives and vice versa? And and how are they living and how healthy are they? And I guess these are things that you can only have conversations about and they shift and they move. But I guess this week, I'm pretty happy with how selfish I've been because my work is so much about Yeah, of course, I respect my limitations around things, but I'm centering the experience of another so much more than I guess I would care to do in my private time. And it feels really good to feel the freedom to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we go with that one? We started off in Berlin where I thought that I was going to talk about the Tea King event that I had today, which was great. It was really sweet, really fun. I guess you'll see some video from that. I'll share that, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm a little bit overwhelmed by everything that I've shared, as always. (laughs) But I keep doing it. Obviously, I keep enjoying the emotional masochism slash thrill slash ride slash excitement of it. And I hope that you do, too. And I think I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you for listening to me in my robe, my hotel robe on another sofa in another country. And thank you for listening. And I'll speak to you next time.